as I said in my, uh, and during the welcome, Proverbs has been an important book in my life well before I ever became a believer in Jesus Christ. It was my dad's practice, ever since I can remember, to read a proverb a day, every month. And I think he's, uh, in the last few years, he's added five psalms to that. So the, the day that Psalm 119 shows up is a, is a, well, let's just say it's a good thing he's retired. He, he can get through it. But a proverb a day, you can go through this book every month. Obviously, February, you might have to read a couple extra, a few chapters extra. And this month in April, the, you'd have to add an extra chapter the last day. But for most of the months, 31 days and 31 chapters. And uh, what I'm encouraging us to do this year, from here until Thanksgiving, is we're going to do a chapter a, a, a week. A chapter a week. And we're going to look at a, a portion of it. And then I'm going to encourage you as you go home throughout the week to read that chapter. If you can read it every day, read it every day, you know, and, and, and every day get a little bit deeper into it or maybe focus on a different part of it. If you just read it once during that week, I'll take that as a win. Uh, but the, the hope is, is that by the end of this year, we will have gone through the breadth of this book Hopefully it will have opened up our eyes a little bit to God's ways and his values, but also hopefully it will help us to grow in wisdom. And, and, and that, is, that is the purpose of Proverbs. Uh, the, what we're going to look at today, just the first seven verses, and I am so tempted to do the whole chapter, but I know you won't give me three hours. So we're just going to look at the first seven verses, okay? And, and I would say that when you go to read the rest of the, the chapter, you will see that the rest of the chapter kind of feeds off of these first seven verses. But these seven verses are, are focused on telling us what is the purpose of this book. Why have a book of wisdom, a, a, a book of a collection of proverbs? And what even is a proverb? We use this word so easily what does it really mean? And, and we see in verse 1 here, uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David. These are the collected uh, Proverbs statements made by Solomon, the wisest king, who when he was a youth and was looking at being the ruler, and God came and said to him, I will give you whatever you want. He said, give me wisdom that I might rule and lead your people. That was what he wanted most. And so from Solomon, we get Proverbs, we get Ecclesiastes, we get the Song of Solomon. We even get a, a psalm or two. What are these Proverbs? That word Proverbs is a, a word that means a, a parable or a discourse. It, it's been used sometimes in the Bible as a byword or even a, a taunt to somebody, you know? It, it comes from a word, mashal, which means to represent or to be like something. And so Proverbs are these statements, these sayings, these uh, parables, if you will, sometimes, a discourse that represent or are like something else. And that's what we're going to see. These Proverbs oftentimes talk about one thing, but mean another thing. 
Like, you know, there are times when we're told uh, to go and look at the ant, study the ant's ways. Well, he's not really encouraging us to become like ants, but to learn something from the ants. Even in this first seven passages, we get a lot of words thrown at us. It's poetic. We don't quite get the poetry because we are not uh, ancient Semitic people. But it was written in a poetic way to help people learn and retain. Just as sometimes we will learn things in a sing-song type of way. I learned the uh, Old Testament books of the Bible to the tune of Ten Little Indians. Can't even sing that song anymore, I guess. It's It's not kosher, but I still originally think, if I have to think about where is this book, I mean, I can rattle them off too, but as a child I learned them Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, I, and that helps the learning. And there are a lot of ways that we do that. There are a lot of things that we learn that help us, uh, that we learn them through a poetic or a song way. And that's what the Proverbs were done. They were say, sayings and um, words and representations of other things. But over time they took on this idea of wisdom. That they are sayings that help you discern and grow in wisdom. And that is the purpose for them. So we're gonna, I want to read the whole passage just because it really goes well together and, and it has few periods in it. In fact, as I look at it, it has no periods in it. So it's got one at the very end. So it's a constant thought. And then we'll, we'll look at different portions of it. But uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To discern the sayings of understanding. To receive instruction in wise behavior. Righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the naive. To the youth, knowledge, and and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The purpose of the Proverbs, that we would know wisdom and instruction, that we would have it in our lives and that we would know it, that we would be able to discern, that we would be able to receive instruction. Not everybody can receive instruction. You know, have you ever had somebody where you were trying to teach them something and you're just like, they just, they're just not ready for it, they're unwilling, they're not listening to me? Sometimes... Uh, you know, even in school, it can be such a simple thing, but the child's head is just closed off to learning anything. You've got to take a break, and you can come back 10 minutes later, and all of a sudden they're willing to receive. But so often, people can be unwilling to receive, but to receive instruction, to give prudence, to help us learn and grow in our wisdom, to understand even these proverbs and the figures that we have. This, all this is the purpose of Proverbs. In essence, to, to know God's wisdom. Because we see that in verse 7, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So, so 
uh, it's not just to have wisdom. We, we have such a thing as worldly wisdom. We have the, the wisdom of the age, right? And we can look back in previous times and say, oh, those people were so silly. But the people who espouse the wisdom of today's age, they never look at themselves and say, 50 years from now, people are going to think I'm pretty silly. No, they have, they have attained all wisdom. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is not to attain our wisdom. It is that we might come to know and have God's wisdom. And the truth of the matter is, is, is as we go through our lives and as we live in this world, as you look around the world and all the decisions being made today and how people live and how we decide to live among them and with them, the truth is, is we desperately need to seek God's wisdom. We need His wisdom, not the world's. And, and we need to discern His wisdom and to know it so well that even though the whole world goes one way, and that way looks so easy and so smooth and so right, that we can say, you know what? I'm going to stick with this. I can remember years ago, and, and I'm, I'm surprised I don't feel this way these days, but uh, ten years ago, it, it seemed to me like it was pointless to try to be somebody who saves. Uh, Amy and I, were, were, we're savers. We want to you know, put some money away for our retirement because we don't have a 401k or a pension plan coming to us or anything like that. So we got to try to put some money away for retirement. We have to put money away for buying new vehicles. We have to put money away for repairs to our We have to put money away for medical needs. We're, we're, we're very much savers, and we were both independently raised that way, and then we were able to find happiness together in that. And then about 10 years ago, I started really just struggling with and thinking, why am I bothering to save anything? The, the way our country was working and the way it is working today is, is that it's pointless to put your money in bank it loses value. When you draw it again in a year, it will be le worth less than it was when you put it in. Better to buy things today, things we need, things we might need in the future. You know, and I started thinking, what could I buy today that will be a useful commodity that I'll be able to trade when the dollar crashes? Anybody else have these thoughts? Yeah, I thought we had high inflation back then. I thought we had a high uh, deficit back then. I thought our debt was awful back then. We have no idea where we're going to go in the world. But you know what kept me grounded? Proverbs tells us to scatter our, our bread across many waters. To diversify, to invest. The, Proverbs teaches us to save. To not be uh, a person who goes into debt. To not be a person who lends too often. It changes our relationships. Proverbs teaches us wisdom. And when the world is going crazy and when the world is, is acting like, oh, it doesn't matter, knowing God's wisdom helps us say, even though this looks right, I'm going to keep doing things. And if, if my bank fails and I lose all my money, well, I can trust God will take care of me. But I'm going to keep doing what He has told me to do. If all those American dollars disappear and 
we find ourselves having to trade in yen, or if we get to the point like the, the Germans in the 30s where you have to have a wheelbarrow of cash just to buy a loaf of bread, I'm still going to trust God's word over what I see and the wisdom of the world around me. We desperately need to seek God's wisdom because His ways, even if they don't look right in the, in the immediate, even if they don't look right within a year or two, His ways are right and they bear out over time. They are true. And we desperately need to seek His wisdom. And that's what, that's what, Pro, that's what Solomon has, has desired to do and to set out for us is, is to give us wisdom that he has gotten from God he has collected it from around the world. Some of these Proverbs show up in other uh, cultures of his time. Much like the golden rule. You remember, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Now Jesus came up with that, but we need to acknowledge that there were other such rules around when Jesus was alive. Their problem was, though, they didn't say do unto others. They said don't do. Don't do to others what you don't want them to do. Sometimes we even will say this. We'll say to our, I'll say to my kids, you know, well, don't hit your brother if you don't want him to hit you back. That's the way of the world working. In fact, I think a lot of times we take Jesus' statement of do unto others as don't do. That's the world's. What Jesus said is much harder to live up to. Do unto others. Do for others. Treat others not just the way you want to be treated. Well, I don't want people to rob me, so I'm not going to rob them. No. But give, help, encourage, love. As you would have them love you. As you would have them serve you. That's how you should serve other people. As you would have people treat you. So, you know, real quick application here. If when you're getting on the highway, you like it if people let you on, Start letting other people on the highway. Don't cut them off. Don't make them get behind you. Don't be so important. Take your foot off the gas a little bit. Let them in. That's Jesus' teaching. The world's teaching is not that. Same thing here. This is God's teaching. So even if it sounds like things other, well, other places, it has been through the, the filter of God and His Spirit. We see... The, the, this purpose of giving us wisdom and knowledge, we see it immediately in verse 2. That the purpose of, and I think actually the New Living Translation even translates it that way, the purpose of, you know, the, that, that people would know wisdom, that people would know struck, uh, instruction, that, that, that we would know it, that it would be in our lives, and we would be able to identify it, that we would have and know instruction. And instruction, just like in 2 Timothy 3, uh, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, you know, instruction is the idea of correcting. So instruction is not just let me show you the right way to do it, but let me keep you from doing it the wrong way. Instruction has the idea of correcting people, of saying you're wrong in this, you need to go this direction. That is, that is the essence of instruction. And, and it's saying that we would know that, that we would know that we need to be brought back over to where God is leading us and guiding us, that we would be able to discern, to determine and, and understand, to perceive the truth in the sayings of understanding. He tells us in verse 3 that it is to receive 
to, to literally to take to oneself. You, you receive something you take to yourself. It's from a, a word that means to take. To take instruction, to receive instruction in wise behavior. Again, there's that word instruction. That we have to be corrected on how we live, how we do things. In wise behavior. Not just that we would have the head knowledge of verse 2, but that we would know how to live it out in our lives. That we would not only know that, but righteousness, justice, and equity. These, these three words uh, are very, especially the first two, righteousness and justice, are kind of connected. In fact, you could translate the word for righteousness as justice several times. But it has the idea of what is right. Uh, righteousness. What is right? Justice has the idea of bringing about a judgment. It has the idea of judging or governing so that we would not just uh, know what is right, but that we would also be able to bring about a proper judgment and justice. And then equity. Oh, equity is a bad word these days, isn't it? We're, we're, we're created in equality, but we can't guarantee equity, right? The, the result. But equity means to be equal. And the idea is, is that you would operate in fairness. That through having wisdom, you might determine how to operate fairly. And this is something we need because we all have the opportunity to show favoritism, to, to like certain people over other people, to like certain uh, groups over other groups. But wisdom will help us to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, and fairness. It is the wisdom of God and His Spirit that keeps us from being favorites. Especially, as I'm thinking about this, in the courts of law. This is why uh, justice is supposed to be blind in our culture. That just because you know the judge doesn't mean you get off from your sentence. That just because you're famous or important doesn't mean that that jury treats you any differently than the person who looks dirty and scraggly. It should be fairness. And wisdom is what we get from that. And as we depart more and more from God's wisdom, we will find more and more things in our world that go against what he is telling us here. Continuing with these thoughts is verse 6. To understand a proverb that, that we would actually be able to understand it. Not just spout it. But be able to unpack it and understand what it means. To understand a proverb and a figure. What do we mean by a figure? Is this math? Are we figuring out how to you know, uh, do computations and things like that? The idea of a figure there is literally a, a satire. It's a word that would be used for a mocking poem. Okay, So uh, you know when... Uh, Elijah was going up against the priest of Baal and he started laughing at them as they were cutting themselves and screaming and he said, hey, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's in the loo. You know, may, maybe you need to wake him up off the porcelain toilet there, guys. He was mocking them. He was making fun of them. He was making fun of their God. And apparently that's a righteous and good thing to do if you're doing it on behalf of God in his way. I'm not going to try it out myself. But that's what he was doing. And sometimes that's what the wise do. 
Sometimes the wise come up with a figure, a mocking poem, and sometimes even in Proverbs, although one scholar says there's no evidence of this, I think there's a few times when in the book of Proverbs it seems like it's kind of mocking you. Talk about the sluggard who rolls over on his bed like a door on its hinges. And he screams, there's a lion in the streets. That seems like mocking to me. The drunk who is beaten and battered like he was a ship on the sea and he awakens and says, when may I have another drink? That seems like mocking to me. So I, I think there's a little bit of healthy mocking of the foolish in there. Those are the figures. And, and to be able to discern and understand that this is a, a mocking poem, that this is a statement that I should not live out, but in fact is warning me against behavior. That's what it means by a figure, uh, uh, sometimes even considered an enigma. And that's the, that's the very next part, uh, the words of the wise and their riddles. You know, just like Jesus' parables, Jesus told his disciples, I'm speaking to you in parables, and I'll explain it to you. You guys can understand what it means, but the people will hear and not understand. And, and there's, there's something in uh, the way that God speaks and as he moves through wisdom, that that happens to us through wisdom too and through the Proverbs, that you'll read it and maybe you don't understand it. And, and growing in wisdom helps us to be able to understand the words of the wise and to understand their riddles. Because some of these Proverbs come across like riddles and you don't know the exact answer yet. You have to spend time on it. You have to mull it over. You have to work on it. And, and that's the, the point of this growth in wisdom is that, is that we must develop wisdom. You, you don't just get born with wisdom. Just because you read the book doesn't help you just have all wisdom all at once. Growing in wisdom takes time. It has to develop. It, 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 it has to uh, work in you over time. And, and that's part of the purpose of Proverbs. That's why uh, my dad could read a chapter a day. And I even did that for several years. I got into the habit. I finally, I mean, you got to understand, when I was a kid, like, that, that was something that just seemed like something a man should do. And so I can't tell you how many months of my life as a, as a high school kid, I would fail one month. You know, one, one day of the month, one, you know, it, I would always fail to get through this book in a month. Usually around chapters 5 through 7, I was a young guy. But I tell you what, once I finally did it, oh, that felt good. But that wasn't enough. I needed to still do it. And it's a, it's a, it's a well that you have to continually go back to. You, you don't just read it and walk away from it. No, because we must develop wisdom. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And that's the the purpose of it is that we would uh, come to know God's wisdom and that it would grow in us. And that is something that happens over time. We, we see that. You notice I skipped a couple of verses. Verse 4 says uh, that part of the Proverbs is to give prudence to the naive. And what we actually see in verses 4 and 5 is, is a progression, I think. Prudence to the naive. Now, naive can mean a, a simple person, somebody who just doesn't understand, doesn't know. It, it also has the idea of open-minded, which isn't what we normally think about a naive person. 
I, I think there's benefit to being open-minded. I, I think, you know, to be open-minded doesn't mean that we take everything in. It's that we are open about what we think and what other people think. To be open-minded means that we're still willing to grow. I, I think that, in, in fact, one of the things I look for in the people around me that whether I can determine is this a wise person that I listen to or is this not a wise person that I don't really listen you can still, Proverbs tells us you can still learn a lot from a fool so I don't say I can't you know I don't not listen to people who I perceive to not be wise but one of the things I perceived and look for is somebody that is somebody I want to listen to and learn from and grow more like them, are they open minded and by that I mean are they willing to wrestle with the ideas with me? Are they open to the possibility that they may be wrong? I, I don't care how long you've been with the Lord, how long you've walked with Him. We're not talking about losing your salvation, but being willing to entertain the possibility that you're wrong. There are days I entertain, not all day, but maybe for an hour or two, I entertain the possibility because, quite frankly, the gospel of Jesus Christ does sound outlandish, does it not? I mean, if we're talking seriously... Jesus Christ came to die on the cross for our sins. And we have to believe in Him. There are so many different ways we as humans can come up with how God could have done it. Sometimes it sounds so outlandish. Doesn't it? And, and, and I go through that process of thinking, man, maybe, is it, is it possible? And by the end of it, I'm back where I started. No, no. I'm not wrong, this isn't crazy, but some days, sometimes it just sounds outlandish. And I'm open to process that for myself. And I'm, I'm willing to process things when I talk to people who, who uh, are, are I, I think, and I can go, oh, here's scripture, here's scripture, but, well, let's walk through it for a little while. And, and when I'm around people that are willing to, to wrestle with and look at things and maybe say, I don't know if that fits together, that's a person who I find to be wise. So, this idea of open-minded, naive, it's, I think it's more the idea of somebody who is starting out and doesn't have a lot of clutter. They don't have their mind filled up with anything. And by the progression that we go from the naive to the youth to the wise, I think what, what we're seeing here is a child. Somebody who is new to the world, new to thought, new to, new to how things work, new to the Proverbs maybe that it would give them prudence. Now, I don't know about you, but the first time I ever heard prudent was on SNL when Dana Carvey was pretending to be George Bush. And he kept doing that, wouldn't it be prudent? Wouldn't it be prudent? I didn't know what prudent was. Prudence, the word itself, means the quality of showing care or thought for the future. So it's, it's not just whatever I feel like right now, but what, what will be the implications of this? What's the best thing to do for the future? What's the right decision? It, it's, a, it's a simple thing. It's the beginning of, of knowledge. What, what would be right going forward? Not just what feels right now, but what would, you know, to take care in how you go. The, the next one is to the youth, knowledge and discretion, that the youth would actually develop knowledge and then what is discretion? It's the ability to decide what should be done. You, go, you move from taking care of where, what direction should we go, and it moves into this is what we should do, and it's discretion. Now, sometimes uh, there's a better way of doing things, right? You can say, oh, this is the chammer way, but maybe 
maybe we don't need to use a sledgehammer. Sometimes you do. You know, I uh, got locked out of the house once when Nathan was just a toddler. He locked me out. I was in the garage. I couldn't get into the house. He was on the other side screaming and crying because he couldn't get out. He could lock it, but he couldn't unlock it. He was a bit naive. Amy, uh, you know, I had just a little bit of time. She and the other two kids came home. Uh Uh-oh, no house key on her keychain. You know? But fortunately, we had been locked out of a neighbor's house recently. And we had even gone through the trouble of getting a locksmith to come out to try to pick it. And that didn't work. So we got another locksmith that came out, and he looked at it, he knew exactly what to do. He grabbed a screwdriver and a hammer, and he pounded his way through that locking mechanism until he could turn the screwdriver and let us into our neighbor's house. Well, I, having obtained that wisdom, realizing picking this lock wasn't going to happen anytime soon, I could break a glass on the back of the house to try to get in, or I could just take a hammer and start wailing on this doorknob and bust the doorknob off and push the other doorknob out or get a screwdriver in there and turn it, I can replace a doorknob. You know? Cheaper to replace a doorknob than to break a pane of glass. That's discretion. I know it sounds a little bit weird, but the hammer thing reminded me of it. Maybe there would have been a better way. Discretion told me, wait until Amy gets home, maybe she's got a key. But once we were out of that option, between breaking glass... And all that that entails, and busting a doorknob, thankfully I would learned from that locksmith, just go wailing on this doorknob with a hammer. And you can still see the damage to our garage door. <laughs> but we got the kid out of the house, and we got ourselves into the house. And that's the, that's the idea that a young man will end up having discretion to be able to decide. From, here, from there we go to a wise man. The longer you walk with God and his wisdom, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. He's already wise, but he will increase. He will add to his wisdom. As you go through Proverbs, you will grow in it. Here's one of the great things about God's wisdom and even righteousness is that uh, there are layers that we hit. And you think you've attained uh, depth. You think you've attained wisdom with God, and then you walk a little bit longer and you find out, no, I can apply this even tighter. No, there's even more richness if I just keep digging. I can get deeper and deeper and deeper into him. A wise man can become wiser still. He can increase in learning. And we, uh, we add wise man to that. It's just a wise person. It's an adjective. So women, you're not out of this. A wise woman can also increase in learning. Okay? Not just for the men. And finally, a person of understanding, a man or woman, a man of understanding. That understanding is the same word from earlier. So when verse 2, to discern the sayings of of understanding. Here now you have a person who has become a man of understanding. They have understanding. People probably go to them and ask them for advice and for wisdom. And, and there's, a, there's a, a feeling here that there's nowhere else to go to. A man of understanding doesn't have anybody else to ask. You know? Some of you, you've gotten to that place. There was always somebody to ask, somebody to ask, somebody to ask. And now you find yourself the elder and everybody else is asking you. 
man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So, so even as we grow it now, even a man of understanding when he's dealing with issues, when he has questions that come to his mind, now he goes for counsel. He goes back to the Proverbs that he might have the counsel of the wisdom in his life. What I, what I see there is from, you, from, from before youth, from you know, early on when you're open to the world, wisdom would give you n- at least prudence. And to young people, it will give them knowledge and discretion to make good decisions. And as you grow and become a, a, a wise person, you can increase. You can hear the Scripture, you can hear the Proverbs, and you'll increase in your wisdom and your understanding and your learning. And then finally, a person of understanding, they will acquire wise counsel. You don't need separate books. You can keep coming back to the same well and get new and greater things. There is value in Proverbs for every stage of life. And one of the things that I struggle with is recognizing what to give to the different stages of life. Sometimes we have a a co-op that meets on Wednesday mornings and we have a Bible time in the very beginning, a devotional, and sometimes I'll cover for the man who's currently doing it. Used to be I was the one that was doing it. And the one thing I always struggled with, how much do I say to these kids? Because I can give them words of wisdom. But you know, they just need to learn prudence. So part of wisdom is recognizing what stage of life is a person in. And that's not just, uh, are you a kid? Do you have a family? What stage of life are you in in wisdom? Some people get there faster than others. Some people never get there. What does this person need today? What do I need today? Maybe we just need to be prudent. Maybe we need knowledge and discretion but to recognize where we are. That's one of the things I fail at. Is because, you know, I I can kind of be like a dump truck. Just, oh, I got so much good stuff for you. Boom! Well, you really just needed to fill in a hole. But thanks for all that. Wisdom, God's wisdom, the Proverbs, it it has something for us no matter where we are in our life stage. We'll we will get different things out of it, but we will always find something in it. And what is all of that purpose? We have it in verse 7. We saw that we're not just talking about worldly wisdom or wisdom in general, but wisdom of the Lord. He tells us in verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear, the reverence, If you're going to be afraid of somebody in this world, don't be afraid of your enemies and don't be afraid of of your friends. Be afraid of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. The the beginning is a word meaning the the chief. The beginning. It comes from the word for head. It's the same mental image of Jesus is the head, the chief cornerstone. Right? Right? Jesus is the cornerstone by which the body of Christ, of God, the church, is built. Our faith, you know, you use a cornerstone to guide you, to start you. Well, the, the, the cornerstone or the head or the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. 
to, to, to fear the Lord, to decide to be in awe and reverence and fear of God, that if I'm going to do something, I'm going to try to do what God wants more than anything else, because if I, if I get that wrong, I'm really wrong. The fear of the Lord, that, that would be the beginning, that is the beginning of knowledge. But he says, fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it's interesting, in the Hebrew, it's, it's, it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Wisdom and instruction, fools despise. And I can't help but wonder if, you know, fools despise the whole bit. They despise knowledge. They despise wisdom. They despise instruction. Now, that doesn't mean a lot of fools are wise or act wise or think they're wise. You've got a bunch of wise guys in the world. But fools despise wisdom and instruction because the fool, as Psalms tells us, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. In essence, those who reject God, those who will not fear God, they despise wisdom, they despise instruction, they are fools. And this is introducing one of the chief uh, tropes that are going through Proverbs. We are often shown the wise man and the fool. They are, they are put up against one another that we might see. And unfortunately, sometimes, especially as a young guy, but even today, I really don't like it when I go through the book of Proverbs and I see myself and I see my actions or my thoughts, and then the label fool is attached. But the truth is, is that we're probably fools quite a bit. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools will not receive it. Fools do not want to be corrected. Correction hurts. When you're corrected, you're being told, I did wrong, and this is the right way. Who wants to be told they did wrong? We don't like to be told. We, we want to do it right. We want to be right. Fools despise wisdom. They despise instruction. They're going to they're stick their own way. They don't want to be told they're wrong. But the, the fear of the Lord, to recognize that we're wrong, to recognize our error, that's the beginning of wisdom. That's what all wisdom is based on. All knowledge is founded on. And so for us, the first step as we go into the book of Proverbs, the first step is to decide what our attitude toward God. To decide our attitude. Our, 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 how we address Him. How we approach Him. Are we going to fear God? Are we going to say, I want to know God's wisdom and to do things God's way? Or do we despise wisdom? Do we despise God? Do we say in our hearts, there is no God. I'm going to do what I want. There, that, this is just a collection of old books. This is just a collection of old writings. Jesus was a good guy, but he didn't die for me. God loved me. God will take me the way I am. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is our attitude toward God? Do we reject him? Do we despise him and to despise his wisdom? Or will we come to him with fear, with trembling? To say, God, I want to know your ways. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's the decision we have to make with Proverbs. And my hope is that as we go through Proverbs, our attitude will be one of seeking God's wisdom, of the fear of the Lord, and believing in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the fact that you give us your wisdom. You make your, your ways known to us. That you have a purpose that we would grow in you. Lord, we thank you for the collection of the book of Proverbs that we might know wisdom and instruction. That we might be able to discern truth and the right path. Lord, we pray that you would lead us and make our way smooth. That we would follow you. We pray, Lord, for a healthy, proper, right fear of you. Lord, for those that are naive here today, we pray that they would have prudence, that you would give it to them. For the young, we pray wisdom and discretion. Father, for those who have become wise, that they would increase their learning. Father, for those who have understanding, that as we go through this, that they would have wise counsel to guide them as they guide others. Father, help us to grow in you. Help us to grow in your Son, Jesus Christ. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.